0: Dot com forward slash book. That's MikeCroc.com forward slash book. Go get yourself a copy and subscribe to the What Are You Made Of podcast on iTunes, Spotify, or your favorite podcast platform. If you like watching these, it's available on YouTube at my channel, Mike C-Rock Scirocco, Now, enjoy the show. Welcome back to another episode of What Are You Made Of with your boy, Mike C-Rock. Thank you so much for joining us, guys. Gratitude to, is the most important thing to me. And I want to thank you, and you know, just really appreciate you following the movement, Rocket Fuel movement. And uh, we have a special guest today, my man, Spectacular Smith. He is my favorite member of the group, the hip hop, rap, R and B group, Pretty Ricky. They came, uh, you know, back in uh, what? When, when did you start? When did you start, Spec? Uh, two two thousand five. Two thousand five, man. They got a deal with Atlantic Records. Uh, they'd sold millions of copies, man. Chart topping hits. I don't even know the names of them except for the bio. Grind with me on the hotline. Your body. I just remember that one song, something about rolling down ninety five or something like that. Yes, <laughs> so, sir.
1: <laughs> so uh,
0: I don't know the words. Like I'm one of the guys when I when I when I do some songs and they're on and all. I just like kind of hum and I'll know a couple words. <laughs> so, but now man, now he's in in the business. He's the CEO of Ad Ad Wizard, right? Adwizzer? Yep. Yep. And author of the best selling book, Spectacular Love: How to Make Good Love Last. And leader of the power circle. Dude, this guy's doing some big things, man, helping people become millionaires. I mean, let's, you know, I'm not going to read the whole bio here because we're going to get into all this, but Spec, welcome to the show, man. Thank you, man. Thanks for having me. Now, we connected on Clubhouse, which is a great app. Those of you who have heard about it uh, that haven't been in it, get yourself an iPhone, get yourself an invite, get into the thing, man, because look, we would have never met probably other than that, except for the fact that maybe we might see each other at an event coming up here in in Miami. But nonetheless, we all know that we start the show by asking our guests, what are you made of? So, spec, what are you made of, man?
1: When am I made of? I would definitely say resilience. I would say resilience, man. Like out of everything I've been through in my life, just going through my ups and downs and in life and in, in business, my personal life, my, my business life, I would definitely say resilience. So you just keep coming back, right? Just keep coming yeah. back, man. I, I, I fall down. I brush myself off. I get back up. You know, I try it again. I adjust, I analyze and I go at it again and I repeat that cycle no matter what what I'm in or what I'm doing.
0: Yeah, I love it, man. And see, some people look that haven't made it to fame and all that, and they look and be like, "Man, what's this guy talking about?" Man, resilience. He, you know, he made, he was a, like in a in a popular band. that sold millions of copies. Are you kidding me? He couldn't just do that and roll off into the sunset. Tell me, man, why isn't that good enough for you? And I'm not asking the question for me. I'm just saying some people think that way. I don't think that way, but I want to hear your, your your thoughts on that.
1: Yeah, man. For for those who don't know my story. Like I was on top of the world. So 17 million albums and singles worldwide. And it was, it was something, man. We, we took over my whole generation in terms of of R&B music with with hip hop. And we was a trend center. You know, we was one of the first groups to ever do music with rapping and R&B on every single hook of the album. But then my career flatlined when I was Around 28 years old. And we made tens of millions of dollars. And we was we we killed it. But my dad made some some bad decisions with the money. He managed all my money when I was when I was around that age. Um, all the way up to I was from when I was 18 all the way up to that age. And I really never got much money for my music career because he handled everything and he just made bad decisions with it. So it left me flat broke. So I had to start from zero literally nothing. He got mad, kicked me out the house one day. He was like, man, you got to go. And I was like, why I got to leave? You know, I didn't, I didn't spend the money or make some bad decisions. And he kicked me out. He's like, yo, get out my house. After he told me we was broke. So I had nowhere to go. I had no money. I had no clothes. I had really no friends like that because when you're on that level and you're on the top of the world selling millions of albums it's not really a a lot of people you can keep around you so i didn't really have much so that's what made me start my journey you know after getting a call from one of my friends saying i could make money off of tweeting i felt like this is it this is the moment you know let me let me figure this thing out and uh at the time i figured out how to make myself well not even myself but my group number one on my space out of I think they had like 200 million users at the time. I figured out a way to make my my group page number one out of all the users on MySpace. So when I started on the Twitter, I figured out a formula that I kind of u- was using on MySpace and I started that formula on Twitter and utilized that to start blowing up social media accounts and I started making money from that. So when I say resilience, it's like, I went from on the top of the world, being famous and broke, though, that's not a good formula, right? It's like, <laughs> you know, you're famous and broke. Those two don't go together. Yeah, and then yeah. being famous, broke and homeless, that's even worse. So now,
0: now well, but let me ask you a question, though. So like, you know, you see people like Justin Timberlake that were in a group and then they come out and do solo. Did you ever have a solo uh, career in mind at all? Or no, like that just did not I never, I never wanted to
1: even be a rapper. That's the crazy thing. I got forced into being a rapper. Like my dad told me to come live with him after he served 12 years in prison. He came out and he came to get his kids and he told me to come live with him. I really didn't want to live with him. He was strict as hell. He's like a drill sergeant. My mama let me get away with murder. So I wanted to stay with my mom. I was the mama's boy, but he came and got me. And, and yeah, he was just, he was just strict. So he told me like, yo, you know, if you're going to be dancing around and dancing on stage, then you need to come over here with your brothers. And my brother's group was called Pretty Ricky. And he told me to rap. He forced me to rap. And I never wanted to be a rapper. And I just wanted to be on stage and perform. So I was never into music. I was never like, oh, my God, let's go to the studio. Like, I was like, oh, my God, the studio. Like, I never wanted to go to the studio, even though I was a
0: a major part in writing all the records. So what was, what was it like though? Like the fame, like when it really hit the first time, like, and you realize that you go somewhere and people are all over your ass. Like you couldn't really go places in public without people like coming up to you and all that. What was that like, man? Especially at a young age. It's not like you, you know, you lived your life, became a man. And then, you know, uh, it happened later on. It's, you were still, you know, a young guy, you know, you know, it's crazy. It never hit me that, you know, I was
1: just, Big celebrity, because ever since I was in the third grade, I've been dancing on big stages in front of thousands of people. So when the whole Pretty Ricky thing came, it was normal to me. And matter of fact, when we first started, we didn't even have a crowd. So when people people had seen us perform, it wasn't really many people in the crowd when we first started. And then it started getting bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. And before you know, we was performing in so lot crowds and in, in the stadiums. So it built to that. But yeah, I never really, I never really thought about, oh, I'm this, I'm this celebrity and you know, I got to take these pictures. It was just normal to me.
0: Yeah. And you know, that, that correlates so much with, uh, it's a, like a parallel to the social media, MySpace, Twitter, all that jazz, because like when you first start out, it, it can get really frustrating if you're an influencer or a business, whatever it is, and you don't get a lot of engagement, you don't get followers. You got people coming at you from all angles. Hey man, let me, let me just throw you some, you know, some, some fake sh- fake shit, right? Just to get your engagement and all this other stuff. And you're like, you, you just don't know when it's going to happen, if it's ever going to happen. And the key for that though, and you you experienced it because you said it just eventually, man, it's sold out, right? Like you just got to keep going consistently with your head down and not look at the the end game. Like I always say, be patient with the end game results and be urgent with your actions, urgent mm-hmm. and consistent with your actions, but be patient with the end game because it'll pop, right? So was there a moment where you guys like it? Just all of a sudden, was it gradual, or did you guys just pop into popularity and sell it right? Like, what what, what was the breaking point
1: or the good? Break yeah, point? man. We we it. I mean, it takes ten years to become an overnight success, and that's what we became. It took us ten years to finally get that one song, and then when that first song hit, it was out of there. But it Wh- which one was it? Grind on, me. grind on me. Yeah, yeah. It took us from going hard every single day we was practicing every single day working on our craft editing dance moves making them better always learning you know rotating on on the stage with my brothers and one person get in the front and they get the spotlight everybody else fall back so the main man could have the attention and then you rotate and then the next man go in the front he gets the spotlight and everybody. Have their uniqueness, and we spotlight that. And I came up with all the choreographic move. Hold on, how you say that choreography? I came up with all the choreography and made sure the dance moves was dynamic based on their ability to dance. And everybody wasn't dancers, but we was willing to entertain. So we had one of the best shows ever. In Miami, everybody would talk about us. And every time we, got, we did one show, it was the opportunity to get another show. So as we started performing, we started getting two shows, three shows, four shows. Before you know it, when people say Pretty Ricky is coming to the stage, you see a plethora of females. Because we just, I mean, we have... 90 percent female demographic. I don't know why no guys don't like us. I don't know, man.
0: Nah, I jam, <laughs> they, I jammed to it. I wouldn't all right, I, right. know. I'm, I'm not watching the stage and shit. Yeah, but. they ain't they ain't coming to the
1: shows. They ain't coming to the shows. And you know what funny <laughs> thing, just to touch on that right quick, all the smart guys, those was the guys who was coming to the show because it was so yeah. many, it was so many yeah. women that yeah. It it was no competition, so yeah, yeah.
0: look, 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 Specs not paying you no attention. Come
1: here, honey. Come here. (laughs) See, yo, they would say that. (laughs) It's like, listen, come on, he's one guy. Come on now. Now you know he ain't gonna ever meet you. Come on, come (laughs) over here with me, baby.
0: But yeah, Yeah, so yeah,
1: we we started building it up, man. And before you know it, we had we, we created ground on me. And when we created that song, the radio station played it one time a day, every single day. One time, matter of fact, it was a nighttime slot, and they blew up the radio station. It was like, man, play that song "Grind On Me" by Pretty Ricky. And they blew it up so much it became the number one requested song in the history of the radio station because they was teasing them. And then the the CEO of Atlantic Records, Craig Kalman, came down. and was like, yo, who's who's the best? Who's the best thing out here? And it was like, man, you got to meet these guys, Pretty Ricky. This man was hiding in the bushes. Looking at us to see how we walk, see what our swag was like. He had this thing down packed. He had he asked to set up the meeting and that's what he was doing when we finally showed up to the meeting. And then we performed for him in a hotel room because my father told us, always be ready. You know, always be ready. We practiced so many times. It was nothing to us. We blew his mind away. By the time we by the time we performed, he was like, man, I want to sign you guys. My dad like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. (laughs) Me, mean you want hold on? We gotta watch, we gotta look at that paperwork. You know, he had a pen and pad ready and the paperwork <laughs> ready. So it's like, nah. So we had to get our lawyers to go back and forth. So now it was it's around Martin Luther King time. And uh it was the Martin Luther King parade, one of the biggest parades in Miami. And we was on the radio station stage, and the CEO of Atlanta Records was supposed to watch us perform, and he missed his flight. So now we go to perform. The biggest shows of the year, and when we performed the last song, think about uh, two two foot. Uh, no, no, no. It was like I think it's like ten foot in the air, the stage, and then it had barricades at the bottom of the stage, and freaking thirty thousand people like going back, huge. All the girls start rushing on the stage. They climbed on top of the barricades. (laughs) They climbed the 10-foot thing like on top of each other. They chased us out the back of the stage. We had to run in the truck. I mean, we had to run our truck and jump in while it's driving off. And they chased us for like three blocks. (laughs) So now we like, man, was Craig there? They're like, nah, he wasn't. He missed his flight. We was devastated. We was like, oh, my God. We was kids. We was only 17 at the time. And we was like, man. You know, back then, the the biggest dream was to get signed by a record label. Mm -hmm. So we was devastated. We was like, that was our shot. And then we had a second show. Like I said, every time we did one show, somebody else seen us and booked us for another show. So every, every, every Friday, Saturday and Sunday, we was doing one and two shows a day for like a whole 10 years. How much
0: much, uh, before you had a record deal? Like how much would they pay you roughly for a show? Oh no, nah, we did nothing. We okay, just getting, my, my dad. To get out my there. dad understood
1: the reciprocation rule, yeah, and I didn't understand dad. what he was doing back then. But he said, "Listen, I'll do it for free. Just get us another show. Yeah,
0: I'll baby. do you this Love favor.
1: That. I'll do you this favor, and you just owe me one." And we did all of our shows for free, even when we were supposed to be getting paid. How did even he do that? Like, where did he learn that? I don't know. My dad was a street guy. He's he's super smart, street smart, yeah. like IQ through the roof in terms of street smarts. Yeah.
0: Um, Cause most people don't yeah. think that way. You know what I mean? Like most people just what's in it for me right now. They look at right now. They don't look at the oh, big yeah. picture. No, he understood and, that. So yeah, I'm yeah. gonna wrap
1: the story up with this. So now we, we do our second show and now it's this trailer that they turn into a stage. It's like a trailer, like a, a portable stage and it's raining outside. You know, somebody's on the stage singing. They ran everybody out. Ran, ran everybody off it starts raining craig's drive up craig drives up <laughs> me like oh my god the ceo drives up and now they announce pretty ricky is coming to the stage when i tell you women came out of nowhere <laughs> filled up the front of the stage in the middle of a park in the middle of a field they just start running to the front of the stage as soon as they announced our name. By the time we finished performing, it was like 400 girls in the front of the stage. And we looked at, I looked at my brothers. I told my manager, open the truck door. When the Grind on Me song came on, it was literally the first verse on the song. We looked and we just ran to the truck in the middle of the song. (laughs) They stampeded his butt. Man, (laughs) it was a whole stampede. They knocked him over. We jumped in the car. They did the same thing. They started chasing us for like five blocks again, three four blocks, three, four blocks, just running, just running nonstop. Man, my dad seen him get on the phone. He called up to New York and he was like, give them whatever they want because we were still in negotiations for the contract. So yeah. give them whatever they want. He heard them get on the phone and say that. And uh, ever since then, it was history.
0: I wanted to take a quick break here to remind you that my book rocket fuel is available for sale now at mike forward slash book that's com forward slash book go get a copy and share it with your friends and family it will change lives guys I will not let you down now back to the show damn dude that's sick man and I but I can't I can't get off the thing with your father knowing that grant says this all the time I'm I, I'm mentored by Grant Cardone. He says this all the time. You're going to be underpaid most of your life, but you keep put, put your head down. You keep grinding. You keep going. Don't worry about what everybody thinks. And all of a sudden it's like your graph just shoots up like a rocket. It's like, but you, but you got to like have faith and understand that you got to be and create yourself as the most valuable person first. Don't mm-hmm. worry about what you're being paid right now. And Absolutely. Uh, you know, that's a great lesson. So man, I commend your father for that. Now with the relationship with your father now, like do you guys have a good relationship now or how does that work? Yeah, man, it was it was real rocky, man. It was a real rocky relationship
1: ever since, you know, he kicked me out the house. It was one of those moments where I even had I even had to go on TV one day and I was on a show called Love and Hip Hop and yeah, cried. Man. I cried like hard on TV. And that's what me and my dad made up live for everybody to watch is literally something you can Google spectacular and dad crying, you know, and it'll pop yeah. up. It was one of their most, it made their most memorable moment on their on their show. And they, they have like eight seasons or something like that. And it was one of those moments. And, and I think because so many people resonate with it, going through it with their parents, you know, either toxic parents or parents being strict on them or them not seeing eye to eye. I had so many people reach out to me, um, moms, you know, gay guys, like, just not being accepted by their fathers, it was, it was deep, man. It was one of those moments and, and it, and it helped me and my dad relationship, you know, me and, yeah. now me and my dad us you know, we, the love is there again, you know, cause when somebody do something like that to you, especially after working so hard and putting all your money in one basket for a vision that he had for us and to be able to work so hard and not get a dime from it because he was handling everything and all I did was just do my job, do my work, get on stage, making $50,000 a show and then to come back after years, two albums, tons of tours and not have nothing. You know, not have nothing, zero and then kick me out at the same time. And uh it was something I had to forgive him for. And my dad is a rough dude like he's he's a person that everything is Is super like a drill sergeant, I would say. And I said that at the beginning about him. Everything was like a drill sergeant. And it was no like it was tough love. Like Mm
0: -hmm. I might
1: have hugged my dad twice, you know. Right, right. Like, and one of the times when I was crying that time. And another time is when I got bit by a dog. So, and it was my own dog who bit me. And never gave me like no no love, you know. He never gave me no hugs, no like. I love you like nothing. Tough, tough love. Mm -hmm. But he taught me how to make money. He taught me how to have integrity. He taught me about your name is everything. He taught me about a lot of things, man. He he taught me a lot of of survival strategies, but he never taught me how to love, you know, how to show compassion because everything with him was hardcore all the time. And it kind of bled into my personal life. And I had to I had to correct that. You know, and be able to celebrate holidays because he didn't even celebrate holidays. Yeah. You know, my dad has twelve kids. You know, and and yeah. I think he was never the person to come and go, go play football. You know, uh, every weekend, like he'll play football like once or twice. Like I played basketball with my dad like three or four times and played football three or four times, but it was nothing that he really did on an everyday basis. But but yeah, so it was it was tough. So we. I let him know how I felt. I got out everything that I needed to and we reconnected, man, and I and I let him know and and he kind of told me how he felt about some things. Um but yeah, it was it was a beautiful moment on TV. Awesome. He you know, everybody hated him though cuz he went he went in on me, man. He was like I despise you like he was like yelling at me. He was just trying to get me back because of what I was saying to him being spiteful, but at the end,
0: me crying, we made up. And ever since then, we've been tight. That's good, man. I love that story, man. So I don't know if you know my backstory. My dad, when I was 11, threw a $100 bill at me and said I was going to need it when I was living on the streets because I decided to move back with my mom after my stepmom, you know, a lot of abuse that I was dealing with. And I don't get to see my dad now, um, not by my choice, but uh, like I'm inspired by that story. And one day I know my dad will come back. Um, But yeah, I mean, I I feel it, man. What's, what what do you, like when you go throughout your day now and things get tough for you, you run into some hurdles and setbacks and things like, do you fuel off of that still? Or do you look back on any of that stuff? And like, dude, I came this far, all the shit I've been through, I got this part. Like this, this ain't shit. Even though it feels like it at the time, right in that moment of adversity, you remind yourself, like, look at all the stuff I've been through, man. What am I, come on, man. What am I made of? Like, do you, do you ever do that? For me? And I don't know if you can
1: hear that, (laughs) No that's, plan. no, that's fine. That's fine, man. But, um, We're
0: good. We we do podcasts outside, man. That's good.
1: Yeah, man. I, you know, my son in there doing his schoolwork and he's running around. He's super hyper extrovert, just bouncing around. Seven years old. His birthday was a couple of days ago.
0: Oh, uh, happy but birthday, yeah, man. man.
1: For me, when I go through things, I know it's part of the process. When you go through it at times, you feel like it's the end of the world, but the reality is that's what makes you. That's what builds cra- character. So I know that. So when I go through certain things, I just know that the smoke does clear, you know, and after every thunderstorm, every every time it rains heavily, it clears up and the sun comes out and the harder it rains, the harder that sunbeam when it's over with. Yeah, yeah. And I understand that every situation is it's a lesson to be learned. And I try not to focus on the negative and focus on the positive. So my glasses never have empty, never. Any situation, I figure, okay, what is the positive in this situation? What can I learn? What is the lesson here? And I write that lesson down and I learn from it. And I never have to worry about that again because I learned my lesson.
0: Yeah. So that's the end of the question. Usually at the end of the show, I ask ask you about that. But like, so does that make you feel unstoppable? Unstoppable. You know what? Think about it. Think about it for a second. You you know
1: what? Honestly, I do feel unstoppable. I really feel like I can do anything that I can think of. I'm a strong believer in that. Yeah. like Nobody can tell me that if I wanted to be the president of the United States, I couldn't be the president of the United States. And even I position myself that way. So if that moment ever comes and I do decide I want that at any point in time, it's going to happen.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I'm a
1: strong believer in that, man. So being a billionaire and being able to give back to the people in need and be in a position to have my voice heard so I can speak for my community is going to happen. It's just when it's going to happen and how fast it's going to happen. And it's not something that I doubt at all. And everything I ever put my mind to, think about this. I wanted to create parody accounts or grow social media accounts i had the biggest amount of pages on twitter at the time Created one of the viral the most viral animals on the planet grumpy (laughs) cat i love it
0: right Uh, i decided i want to be
1: a a rapper and my group is one of the biggest groups of my generation i decided i want to start a agency knew nothing about starting an agency was one of the fastest growing companies in America, landing number 262nd in the world of privately held companies. And I didn't know anything about running a business. I decided I wanted to run a business. Three years later, we're at 1600% growth. Let's go. I decided I want to be on Clubhouse, right?
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Killing it on (laughs) Clubhouse. So like, I think it's more of my mindset on, on, on I'm not stopping till I get it. Yeah. And I don't let anything hold me back. I don't make any excuses for myself. And I do what
0: I I do what it takes to make it happen. What do you what do you think of the word stubborn? Is that a bad word to you or a good word? Stubborn. And let me tell you something. The definition of stubborn. I'm big on definitions, right? Like I, I look at this stuff all the time because I want to make sure I understand the words I'm reading and what people say to me. And there's the two words in the definition of stubborn, perversely unyielding. So to mm-hmm. me. Like if you're perversely unyielding to something, not just percent, I mean, it's powerful, more powerful than that. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You can't, you can't be stopped, man. You just can't. Mm -hmm. If you, if you wear that stubborn badge, that's what I think. But what are your thoughts on that? Yeah. I think that definition
1: is powerful. But if you would have, if you would have asked me before saying that, I would have said, you know what? Being stubborn with the wrong mindset is the
0: issue. Right. Right. It's not the wrong thing when it's on the right thing. Exactly.
1: Yeah. 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 I so what, that's, that's the real, that's the real question. You know, how, what is the mindset behind that stubbornness? Yup. Yup.
0: Yup. So what's, uh, what's, what's next for you? What do you, what is like happening this year and beyond? Like, what what are you thinking about?
1: Man, I'm doing a few things, man. Right now, my whole goal and mission is to impact as many lives as possible. So I can create as many leaders in the black communities. That's my focus. I feel like right now, my culture is behind. We got a lot of catching up. Um, a lot of stuff happened to us in the past and a lot of stuff is still happening to us. So as somebody who has a voice, I want to be able to put myself in a position where I can bring up as many people as possible. So that's what made me start my online business school. And I thought to myself, you know what? Schools are failing the youth. Mm-hmm. Schools are failing us. and Not only by the schools failing us, but black people are getting the short end of the stick. So what can I do to not only fix the broken school system, but also put my people ahead? And I decided to come up with Spectacular Academy and decide to replace professors with millionaires as mentors and (laughs) teaching on (laughs) things that really works right now. Not something from a textbook. Not something that you're guessing if it works or not. Proven. And not proven because you got told it was proven. Proven because you did it yourself. Yep. A professor never made a million dollars, a hundred million dollars. So he might tell me something that works, but he don't know for sure if it works. Yep. Because he never been there. He never done that. It's like a travel agent. Travel agents sell you on places they never been. In my program, you got tour guides, somebody that's been there, done that. And I could tell you, this is the best place to go because they've been there already. And they can tell you the
0: pros and cons. And that's what I, Hey, that's what I use for my travel agents, by the way, my my people go to the place first, but because that's the right way to do it. But no, hundred percent. And what, but don't you think too, like if we can get this rocket fuel law out to them, or that concept of perversely unyielding, understand it ain't going to be easy. Like let's paint yeah. the picture right now. This shit ain't going to be easy, man. It's never but, easy. But but, but we got to go and go. And I, another saying I'll use all the time is thrust is a must. We got to move forward all times. We're not going mm-hmm. backwards. We get this mindset in the black community, man. And there's a lot of them that have a lot, of, a lot of black people have that, that, that thought process, but some mm-hmm. of them don't, man. And they let people push them back and that ain't right. And we yeah. get that foundation of, man, let's, we go we're going forward man that's it yeah period yeah i mean i feel like everybody
1: has that mindset i think in in terms of the culture for us like it has to be it has to be the right guidance because it's it's no Mm -hmm. it's not a shortage of information it's a shortage of guidance yeah and accountability you know everybody can go to the internet for information Well, you got the right accountability and guidance Anything is possible. Yeah. So everybody that's listening to this, you got to fall in love with the process. Don't focus on the end result. Fall in love with the process because everybody fall in love with the end result. And when it don't happen quick enough, they give up. They just they just tap out. They quit. They wave the white flag and they say, that's it. Yep. I don't want to fight no more. But you got to be willing to fight every day and get nothing in return. You know, so many times people fight, fight, fight and just quit. But the reality is it might take you 10 years to finally make it happen for yourself. So you just got to get in there, understand the war comes. I mean, the battle comes with the war. Yeah, You might have to lose a few battles to win
0: that war. But, but that's you your fuel. Your mind but, that, that, but, but that's the fuel. Like when it the doesn't go you fuel. in, that's the rocket fuel. That's right. That's hey, listen, lot, a lot of people say this, but I want you to know before I say this, that I genuinely mean it. I want to help you with your mission in any way I possibly can, however you can use me. Um, so I mean that if you can ever think of something, anything you ever need, man, you reach out to me. Um, you know, I've I run through walls for for friends of mine. So I'm with you, man. I'm supporting you there. And if there's anything I can ever do, just reach out. And I look forward to seeing you hopefully uh, in Miami. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. For anybody who want to reach me, man, you guys can actually text me,
1: man. I have a number just for my uh, people who have questions for me, my supporters. You guys can uh, text me at 786-661-1224 and, uh, and I always do free training. So whenever my next free training, it'll, it'll be on my landing page. But you can text me hashtag masterclass, hashtag masterclass. And, uh, and I'll send you t- to one of my um, trainings whenever that is, whenever my next one, it'll be on the landing page. And uh, it's a two hour training, man, on how to build social media accounts and How to monetize, you know, earn passive income. Warren Buffett said, if you don't know, if you don't learn how to make money
0: in your sleep, you're going to die with a job. Yeah, let's go, man. And get up with him on Instagram. Uh, What's the Instagram handle? I am spectacular on all channels, but Clubhouse. Clubhouse is just spectacular. Yeah, go find him, guys. Let's support our guests. You guys uh, always supporting the guests because I don't bring just anybody on this show. And Speck, it's been great, man. Thank you so much for coming on here, man. I, I look forward to building a relationship with you and uh, helping you with your mission. And uh, you guys have been listening to the What Are You Made Of podcast with your boy, Mike C. Rock. Go get that Rocket Fuel book, mikecrock.com forward slash Rocket Fuel. Grant Cardone wrote the forward talking about Rocket Fuel, what it meant to his life and his business. Go get it. Until next time, be good. I want to remind you that the Rocket Fuel book is available at my website, Mike. C forward slash book. That's Mike C R O C.com forward slash book. Go get yourself a copy. Thank you so much for your support and your listenership. It means the world to me. Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of what are you made of? Be sure to check my website out at the Mike The Mike with no K.com. And let us know how we can help you or your business reach its full potential. Feel free to leave a review or follow me on social media, Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, and YouTube at Mike c Rock Again, thank you for joining me and see you guys on the next episode.